Good morning. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. Um, I struggle with a lot of things that stem primarily from my pride, my selfishness, and my desire to want to control everything. And my name is Michelle. Hi. Um, when I first started attending Celebrate Recovery, I really did not know why I was doing it. I couldn't really pinpoint. Um, so let me explain. My husband and I had been struggling with infertility for about two years at that, at that time. But aside from that, everything else was kind of going pretty smooth in our life. You know, we were happily married, healthy, um, thriving in our careers, traveling, buying nice things. You know, everything looked really nice from the outside. But for some reason on the inside, I was a mess. And I don't know why and I don't know how this happened, but um, somehow I no longer was the positive, proactive person that I had always been. And that now there was feelings of loneliness, hopelessness, fear, and anxiety that would take over me, and like the smallest task or the heart or the setbacks would become overwhelming. Like my inner self was screaming for something to change. And this is how I came to celebrate recovery. Um, didn't know why, didn't know what was wrong, but I knew that I was not right. My first meeting at Celebrate Recovery was kind of traumatic. <laughs> um, and it's not about Celebrate Recovery itself, it's about me, and so let me explain. Um, so before attending CR, I had been coming to Windsor Road for about a year, and this is how I came to Windsor Road. I come in, not talk to anybody, you know, just like sit back there, list, you know, go through the service and leave before anybody was able to greet me or say hi or anything like that. Um, and so my approach to figuring out what the Celebrate Recovery was all about was I was going to do the same thing, just kind of go and, and be unnoticed. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> I went through the doors, people were greeting me, they were nice, they were introducing themselves, um, sitting, inviting me to sit down with them and, and have dinner. And um, rather than being you know, grateful for that warm welcoming, I, I was annoyed that I had to talk to people. Um, so, you know, that's kind of how I went in. And then, and then when we broke off into share groups and, and I, was, I went to the women's share group and the women started sharing um, about some of the, you know, about the lesson and, and things that they were struggling with at that moment, you know, they were so open and honest, transparent. Um, and for someone like me who was very, very guarded, I didn't try, it took me a long time to trust people. I had all these different ways of testing people before I opened up with them to see whether or not they were trustworthy. And so, you know, these women kind of sharing in this authentic way, that, that was very intimidating for me. It freaked me out. Um, so I left that night and I was just like not sure what happened. And um, the next day I was kind of processing it with God through my journal and writing about this freakish experience of celebrate recovery. And, um, and then God, through, through that process of writing it, revealed that, that he wanted me to keep coming back. Um, and I, I, I reluctantly agreed. I was like, okay. But, you know, in my true control freak nature, like, I gave God a deadline, you know. It's, it's, so controlling wasn't just other people. I tried to control God, too. And so I gave him a deadline, and I said, you know, six weeks Show me, show me why this place is for me. Um, and it took less than that. Um, it took about three weeks for me to realize that I belong to Celebrate Recovery, even if I didn't know what was wrong with me, that I would find out through this process. 
Um, it took about a couple of more months for me to actually start sharing, and probably uh, close to a year before I actually started sharing from my own vulnerability and my own experiences rather than from like my book knowledge. And now, you know, four years later, um, my life has been completely changed through this ministry. Um, the most important blessing has been my relationship with Christ. Um, it's just been, oh, <laughs> um, just so great to know God in this way. And, um, you know, I, I, we talk every, every day. I do most of the talking, but... <laughs> um, it's, he's, he shows me that he's working in my life and in the life of others. And um, my love for other people has grown um, as I get to know people for who they really are um, in this Celebrate Recovery space. Like, I just, I just have a greater appreciation for the diverse ways that God has made us, or what our strengths and weaknesses. And because of that, I'm more accepting of people than how, how I used to be. Um, I have joy and peace and a playfulness about myself that was, that's always kind of been there, but um, was kind of stifled by my anxiety and my worries about things that really don't matter. And so, you know, I, I sing now and I dance more and I'm just more playful than I used to be. And what one, another great blessing has been what God has done in my marriage. Um, so my husband doesn't attend Celebrate Recovery, but it's been great to see how God has used my participation in this ministry to uh, make a good marriage great, and um, it just keeps getting better, and so I'm very um, blessed to, for, that, for those things. But I, I don't want to leave you with a sense that somehow I haven't faced any hardships or challenges, and Celebrate Recovery has taken all this other stuff that we deal with in life away, and because that, that hasn't been the case. If anything, um, in the four years that I've been attending CR, my husband and I have experienced more faith-testing challenges than we had in the years prior combined. So I'll just give you some examples of that. Um, we had three pretty traumatic accidents. Um, I faced four months of unemployment, which is the longest that I had been without work um, since, I was day, since I was 12. Um, I had a major health crisis that nearly took my life. We've had two miscarriages and one missed adoption opportunity. And we're now in our sixth year of waiting for God to bless us with children. And through Celebrate Recovery um, and, and the sharing that goes on in that space, um, God has revealed to me all the different things about myself that he really wants me to work on that are preventing me from growing my relationship with him. Um, kind of share, I shared my pride and control and criti critical nature, um, but also the ways that I have been abusing my body with, um, with overeating, with alcohol, and from stress for, you know, this excessive pursuit of financial security that I was on. And, um, you know, it, it's not easy to kind of may be, have that made available to you and have God show you those, those things. Um, you know, it takes work and it takes effort because now you have to do something. <laughs> like, he just shows you, now you have to kind of do something about it. So it, it hasn't been an easy process, but um, I don't, it's not about, not having those hardships is how I face those hardships and how I handle life now. Um, I no longer try to do that stuff by my own. I rely on a group of people, um, my CR family foremost and others um, that support me when I just am breaking down. And um, I can call them and be honest and, you know, not be afraid that they're going to think that 
somehow my faith is weak because I don't know how to handle these things. Um, you know, just the other day I called a friend because I was having to make a work decision in my job, and, and she was like, hey, God's got this. God's got this. You know, and she didn't judge me for um, having that, those struggles. So, you know, I think that there's two types of people that, that attend CR, and many of us have those two types of people inside of us. And this is a quote that sort of illustrates that. It says, in the parable of the prodigal son, the younger son dissipates himself with alcohol and sex. The older son alienates himself by working hard and dutifully fulfilling all his obligations. Both are lost. Both are lost. Their father grieves over both because neither of them does, because with neither of them does he experience the intimacy that he desires. So whether you're the younger brother facing these external hardships or the elder one like me who's dealing with inner turmoil or a combination of both, God is trying to reach you. And if you're listening to this message and are feeling distant from God, I beg you to find a space, whether it's Celebrate Recovery or small group or another space, where you can share your hurts, your challenges, and, and your victories in an honest way with people you can trust and who love and accept you, even after knowing all your stuff. I can't think of a better way to grow in our knowledge and love for God than to accept and love each other as we fully are. Celebrate Recovery has been that space for me, and my life has been forever changed because of God's blessings through this ministry. Thank you for letting me share. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, <clears throat> as we say on Friday nights, uh, my name is Gary, and I am a grateful believer in Jesus, also recovering from alcoholism, but also uh, struggle with just lots of other issues every day, like control and worry and pride and money and stuff, and, and the list just goes on and on. But um, as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, in the first service, I'm just going to be real honest with you and tell you that um, it is really weird to be up here. Um, you know, for 10 years, I, I've sat out there like you all are, and then um, all of a sudden up here, I was uh, on Friday night, the same group was playing for us at Celebrate Recovery, and Jeremy said uh, to me, uh, he said, hey, I heard you're doing the sermon on Sunday. And I thought, holy cow, sermon. And um, you know, I got my master's degree in finance, not divinity. So um, anyway, it's a little bit weird. But I have, over the last eight or ten years, um, I have learned a whole lot about recovery. And I've learned about it um, from experts. I've learned about it because I went to maybe the uh, premier recovery center in the country, maybe the world, uh, Hazelden, Betty Ford. Uh, and I've learned about it from my own experiences. Um, every Friday night, uh, we start off our meeting with a devotion and usually when I teach, I use the Celebrate Recovery uh, daily devotional. And um, 
This particular devotion ties directly to our one verse that we're going to be focusing on this morning, which is 2 Corinthians 12.9, and uh, you might want to just get that out, and then maybe by the time we're done here, we'll have a verse, another verse memorized, who knows. Um, but this particular devotion, uh, we'll start with it this morning, and uh, 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's our one verse for today. The devotion is actually called Superman. And um, so the writer goes on to say, My son-in-law told me that when he was a kid, he loved Superman. He had a cape, he had a shirt with a big S on the front, and tights. At one point, he confessed, he actually thought he was Superman. That all changed when he jumped off the roof of his house thinking he could fly. Reality set in when his face met the ground. When I try to do things that God never intended for me to do, The results are about as successful as my son-in-law's flying experience. I end up falling flat on my face. In Celebrate Recovery, I learn to listen as God speaks to me through his word and through other people. When I slow down long enough and meditate on God's word, his plan unfolds for my life, and I come to realize there is only one Superman, and it's not me. It's only admitting my weakness that Christ's power can come to rest on me. Today I am totally, <clears throat> today I am joyfully dependent on Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit who lives in me. <clears throat> because of that, I will be able to do things today I never thought possible, such as forgive, say I'm sorry and really mean it, be totally honest, and look out for the interest of others. And his prayer goes like this, Father, I will be the first to say that I don't have superpowers. I depend on you to bring power to my life, power to change and power to do what is right. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, work with me on this, um, just to get get started, kind of work with me on this. And look around you, And just pick one person, just pick a person. You don't have to say, I picked you or point or anything like that, just pick a person. It could be your spouse, Uh, it could be another family member, it could be a good friend, or it could be somebody you just know a little bit, or it could be a complete stranger, somebody you don't know at all, but pick a person. Now close your eyes. And think about taking a couple deep breaths and think about and meditate on that one dark secret that you're holding on to, that you're keeping inside of you. Just think about that. Just think about it for about 30 seconds or so.
Now, don't do this. Don't do this, but imagine if you had to reveal that secret to the person that you picked. And I don't mean just a little bit. I don't mean just peeling off the parts of it that you want that person to hear, but all of it. Really imagine yourself doing that. What goes through your mind as you face your secret head on? with another person. So the verse that we're focusing on this morning is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And here Paul says, uh, here's Jesus saying to him, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. The message uh, version says it like this, my grace is enough, it's all you need, My strength comes into its own in your weakness. That's from the message. If we are truly going to find freedom in this life, if we're really going to live the life that God wants us to live, we have to fully feel the power of this verse. Fully feel it. We can't just read it, and we can't just believe it in our head, but we have to experience it so that we feel it in our hearts. Now, just in case you think that um, we here don't have issues and secrets, uh, let me prove to you that that's not the case, okay? Just in case you think this is a church full of people that don't have any baggage, let me prove that that's not the case. About a year ago, in a service just like this, uh, we were all asked to write down our issues our little weaknesses, um, the things we carry around with us on a little cardboard suitcase. Maybe some of you remember when we did that. And um, no names, totally anonymous. And I looked at every single one of those little cardboard suitcases, every single one of them. There was over 300. And I wrote down all the issues that we face. Not me, mine are on there, but all of ours. And there we go. That's us. This is real issues with real people. That's what we wrote collectively a year ago. And just take a minute and maybe see if you could check off any of those boxes. So here we are. We have, we have the Apostle Paul telling us that God's grace is all we need and that his power is made perfect in our weakness. Now we have this whole long list of weaknesses, so where do we go from here? If we want to find freedom from these issues, these hurts, habits, and hang-ups as we talk about them, these addictions, they have to be defeated and they have to fall, and that's what recovery is all about. That's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, to be honest again, this message um, is so critical to living a life of freedom that I'm kind of feeling what it's all about, what the message is all about, and that's vulnerable. Uh, Some of the most brilliant minds 
have talked so eloquently that, about this subject that I wish they were all here so you could hear them. You know, people like Rick Warren and Brene Brown and Dr. Phil. I don't know if you, any of you else are like Dr. Phil freaks like I am, but uh, he has really talked about vulnerability. Uh, Louis Giglio, Dr. Henry Cloud, our own Randy. I wish they were here so you could hear what they had to say, but I'll, I'll try my best. Um, some of these issues are really easy to identify with, like drugs and alcohol, and it's really easy to say, well, I don't abuse alcohol, I don't abuse drugs, so I don't have any issues. I'm okay. But what about the other stuff? What about money? Can you ever get enough? Can you ever get enough? What about no contentment? Always looking for what's next. What about people? Am I always looking to please others? Or am I a codependent where I lose my identity in somebody else's life? How about the internet? How about cell phones? I mentioned earlier, you know, we were in Chicago a few weeks ago and on Michigan Avenue and everybody, it seemed like everyone, they should have been running into each other because everybody was locked into their cell phone. I mean, it's crazy. Facebook, Instagram, all these things filling the need of being overstimulated and getting instant gratification. And I just wondered if you're like me and any of these things make you feel just a little bit uncomfortable. So in the moment of our weakness, when we face our weakness head on, we can run down one of two paths. There's two ways we can go. We can run right back to our weakness and then try to cover it up. Or we can run, run to Jesus and find freedom. And it's the freedom that comes from admitting our weaknesses and admitting that we can't handle them on our own. So the take home today is this. We can find strength in Jesus through our weaknesses, but it will only happen, it'll only happen if we allow ourselves to become vulnerable. It's the only way it's going to happen. The world around us tells us that being vulnerable is negative, right? You don't want to make yourself, you don't want to expose yourself to being vulnerable. So um, we're always looking to get the approval of other people. What other people think becomes my primary motivation. In fact, uh, sometimes it's described as the number one addiction is what other people think of me. I get so wrapped up in what other people think of me that I put on my mask. There. Now everything's okay. It's okay. I've got it under control. There's a few things going on in my life, but I can handle them. Everything's cool on the home front. I'm drinking a little bit, but I can stop whenever I want. Or you fill in the blank. I'm doing this a little bit, but I can stop whenever I want. Just a little more willpower in this diet's going to work. I'll just pretend it never happened. 
I'm just going to pretend it never happened. If she would just change, if she just changed, I wouldn't get mad at her anymore. Know this for sure, as long as you're wearing your mask, as long as you're trying to look good to other people, you're just going to add fuel to your weakness, to your addiction. And it's a spiral that leads nowhere. Um, Dr. Brene Brown, who I referred to earlier, uh, wrote a New York Times best-selling book, and it's called Daring Greatly, How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead. If you haven't heard this woman talk about vulnerability, you're missing out on something. She's an expert on the subject, and here's, what, here's just a few things she says about being vulnerable. Vulnerability is the birthplace of everything we are hungry for. You can't get to courage. You cannot get to courage without walking through vulnerability. And finally, owning our story. Owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Embracing our vulnerabilities is risky, but not nearly as dangerous as giving up on love and belonging and joy, the experiences that make us the most vulnerable. Only when we are brave enough, only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness will we discover the infinite power of light. Now, um, vulnerability is an awakening that seems really messy at first, seems really messy. Taking off our masks and exposing our weaknesses, our addiction, what's really going on inside of us, it's messy business, but it's the only way to find new strength. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Now, just a couple of uh, words of caution. Being vulnerable doesn't mean that you have to get up here on Sunday morning and share your stuff, share your story in front of a whole lot of people. It doesn't mean that. It means admitting your weaknesses to God, to yourself, and then to someone or some small group of people that you trust. For me, uh, becoming vulnerable was a process, and it began in August of 2007 when I finally admitted that I didn't have just a little drinking problem that I could stop whenever I wanted, but it was an addiction that would wreck my life if I let it go on. I admitted this to God, to myself, and then to three people that were very close to me. I became even more vulnerable when I shared my story with my counselor and then in front of the 30 men that I was living with uh, at the Hazel and Betty Ford Foundation. And, and then after working through the whole 12 steps several times, I was finally able to enjoy the fruits of the 12th step, which says, having had this experience, this spiritual experience, we try to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs. It was not until then that I was able to share here and at a number of other Celebrate Recovery meetings around the state. So. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have to get up here and share your story right away with everyone. Secondly, don't 
keep trying to tackle your issues by yourself. If you think like I did, you're probably saying, well, you know, God's a big God and I'm a, I'm a pretty smart person. Between the two of us, we can tackle this, this issue. I don't need to talk to anybody else. Well, I proved myself wrong because the same prayer went unanswered day after day after day. And the bottom line is when James tells us in 5.16, James 5.16, another verse worth remembering, he says, confess, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Forgiveness begins with God, but healing begins with others. And it's not until that you allow other people into your life that you begin to heal. So if being vulnerable is the take-home here today, how does Celebrate Recovery play a role in that? Well, our number one objective on Friday nights is to create a safe place where people can share their weaknesses, their vulnerabilities. It takes a lot of courage to do this. So it has to be safe, especially for newcomers. There's no judgment, no judgment whatsoever. How could we judge each other when we're all there for the same reason, to face our issues? There's no judgment. Nobody is trying to fix another person. We're not trying to fix someone else. We're all different, but we're all the same. Anonymity and confidentiality are foundational elements. And recovery is, is a celebration. It's a celebration. It's not, this is not a misery love company get together, okay? It's just not. It's a celebration. And the steps, the 12 steps, are a path to freedom. That's what the 12 steps are. A lot, you know, a lot of people just think they're for alcoholics. Well, the 12 steps are sanctification. It's a way to live our life more like Jesus. It's a toolbox that leads us to our one verse, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And we find freedom from the bitterness, the resentments, guilt and shame from our past, and we find freedom from our worries about what the future holds in store for us. So before we end, I just want to take a real quick look at the very first step uh, the very first step, uh, and that is uh, we admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors that our lives had become unmanageable. It's the very first step. And the scripture that goes along with that from Romans 7:18, and I don't know about you, but this was always the battle that was going on inside me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. I mean, that was always going on inside of me. I, have the, I really want to do what's right, but I just can't do it. If we're not willing to be vulnerable, then we're simply in denial, and denial is the very first lesson at Celebrate Recovery. It's called denial. So what happens when we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable and we put on this mask of denial? The D... In denial stands for disables our feelings. Our feelings become hidden behind our mask. We don't allow anybody else in. It's a cover-up. 
and there's no freedom. The E in denial stands for energy lost. We become anxious, anxious about the grip that our past has on us and anxious about the future and what's in store for us. This cover-up just takes a lot of energy. The N in denial stands for negates growth. If God's grace is sufficient and his strength is found in our weakness, then how can we move towards that if we're hiding behind our mask? We just can't and we'll never experience growth. The I in denial stands for isolates us from God. Our denial keeps us in the dark and we become totally self-absorbed in our own stuff. There's a old saying in Alcoholics Anonymous that says we are only as sick as our secrets. We're only as sick as our secrets. The A in denial stands for alienates us from our relationships. We isolate, keep secrets because we fear rejection. We fear what others will think. We can't help ourselves and we won't let anybody else in to help us, so we lose relationships. And the L in denial stands for lengthens the pain. Our denial simply extends the hurt. It multiplies the problem. It doesn't protect the pain. It just extends it. So stepping out of denial, becoming vulnerable, it's not easy, but it's the very first critical step in recovery. First we admit, then we turn our life and our will over to Jesus. We grow spiritually then we share our experience to help other people. That's, that's really what recovery is all about, and that's how we experience God's grace and how his strength shows up in our weakness. And, and I think the very first T-shirt that we ordered for Celebrate Recovery said on the back, God never wastes a hurt. And um, so that's what recovery is all about.